You're now listening to the Let's Talk About Life podcast, brought to you by Don't Settle, with your host, Harrison King. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Let's Talk About Life podcast. My name is Harrison King, and I'm super excited to be doing this today. This is a very special day. It's the first episode of this podcast. Um, and before we started, I just wanted to give you a little little background, little info on what this podcast is about, what the aim of it is. Um, it's brought to you by Don't Settle. Uh, it's a platform and brand that is uh, really focused on personal growth and um, providing information and resources to anybody of all of all ages um and experiences in 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 life and uh just providing them with some resources to help better their life help to better your life so that's really what this podcast is about as well we're just uh we're just talking with people about about that about life we're just chatting and i'm going to learn along with you uh and I just want to want to share the conversations that I'm going to have with some people uh, sometimes it will be just me relaying some information to you uh but most of the time we're going to aim to to have a little chat with somebody and and hopefully be able to record it and share with you um and and just to get get talking about some issues that we don't talk about in everyday normal you know day to day life with somebody you see somebody at the store you're just saying hi you know how's the weather how you how you doing and everybody you know your your classic oh i'm doing well how are you um that we want we want this to be more than that i want to talk about the bigger things in life um and that's and that's what this is about so if that's something you're interested in then uh let's talk about life um this first episode i was i was very grateful to get to have a chat with my grandfather austin king he um and I talked about confidence, um, something that, well, as as you will hear, he struggled with, but has overcome. And and I just wanted to have a chat about that, share some information from him, um, and hopefully you guys can get some insight if you're maybe struggling with confidence or you just want to try to be more confident, um, anything like that. But uh, really, the whole point of this podcast is just to help your life get a little bit better. You you want to improve your life. Um, and and your situation or whatever and maybe just just get some new perspectives it doesn't have to be something you agree with we're going to try to talk about everything a broad range of topics um and hopefully keep it entertaining and interesting to you and um i don't want to ramble on anymore i want to just get right to the right to the chat so uh let's let's just hop right in i'm here with um austin king i'm very privileged to call this man my uh grandfather actually i refer to him as Poppy, because we're from, well, you're from Newfoundland. Right. And that's a, that's a common thing, I think, yes. Um, anyway, one of the, uh, genuinely one of the most incredible people I think I've ever met in my entire life. Uh, one of the only people I would also, the first word that comes to mind when I think of you, try to describe you as wise, which I don't think is a very common thing. Um, and I want you to know that too, but I'm, I'm just very happy to be able to have a conversation with you and share it with some other people. And, um, he was a uh, radio operator, if I was correct. Started out as a radio operator and a surface weather observer. There you go. Up in the Yukon. All kinds of things. And then uh, went on to be, you did lots of public speaking. Yes. A um, uh, hairdresser at one point. <laughs> Not by choice. Um, but the uh, thing we're here to talk about today is uh, confidence. Um, something that I know you struggle with 
uh, I believe, as as a young as a young boy. But now one of you're probably one of the um, one of the people that I would say is has the most confidence out of the people I know, which is a very big change. So I guess um, we're going to chat a little bit about that. Maybe you can share some things with people how to how to improve. But I guess let's start with a little background, I guess, on, oh, yes. on who you are and, and kind of your story. Well, I was, um, as you say, born in Newfoundland and uh, raised back in the 1950s. And it was an interesting time because I really never felt very confident in school. I was always considered the shy person, mm. the one who didn't have the self-confidence. The, I wasn't self-assured. I did well academically, but I struggled with relationships. Hmm. I didn't have the confidence to speak in public, to speak to a room of adults when I was a teenager. So I did not make eye contact. Eye contact was scary for me. I always felt inferior. Mm. And um, when I was in grade nine, I heard people talking about how tough algebra and geometry and trigonometry was. And I believed them because I tended to believe what other people were saying Mm. as opposed to believing in myself. And... And that became a challenge for me. I struggled in my last year of high school. I had to rewrite some papers because of my own self-limiting beliefs. And I didn't understand at that time that it was self-limiting. I didn't think I was good enough. I, didn't, I wasn't smart enough. The good Lord created me, but he, didn't, he must have had some leftovers when he made me. <laughs> so <laughs> that was my thinking. I was... Yeah, I, I struggled with self-confidence. And, um, oh, well. it uh, But times improved as I went along because I, I didn't want to settle for that kind of life hmm. where I was constantly in fear. And the fear was gripping, and it was affecting me, affecting my body, affecting my mind. And I didn't understand where it was coming from or... What I could do, I thought, I will always be like this. Right. Interesting. So then, um, like I said, you've had a dramatic shift from that point in your life to being, uh, I mean, the other day you just said to me, you said, uh, you tossed me up on, you know, the news or whatever, like it, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Now, how did you, was there something specific that, that caused, caused that switch or, or was it just, I would assume, like a, you know, a progression of, of steps and things that you yes. learned or kind of where does it, where in your life did it start to change? Or did you start to realize, I guess, um, you know, what uh, that you wanted to change? Well, I knew that if I continued on the path I was on, I would never be fulfilled, that my life would never be purposeful the way it should be. Mm. So there was a desire deep down, and the desire is a word that I may come back to later on because it's significant. There was a desire, a burning desire, and I didn't want to tell anybody that I wanted to overcome my fear, especially of public speaking. Hmm. And then after 
a few years of working and getting married, having a family, there was uh, an opportunity came along, a course called the Christopher Leadership Course. It was a course in public speaking. And it was a 10-week course. I took it, and it changed my life. Hmm. How old were you at that point? Well, that's, <laughs> that's a good question. I was about 30, 35. Hmm. There's still a significant amount of time while you were trying to deal with this. Significant amount of time in a dark place. Right. Did you did you find any improvement between, you know, that time as a as a child and then to when you took this course? Was there any improvement or you were pretty pretty stagnant in your I was improving gradually and uh, I would say incrementally, but not significantly. Hmm. Okay. So there would be little things here and there. I volunteered when we lived in a city in Alberta, I volunteered to be a cub leader. Hmm. And part of that was my desire to make an incremental change in my life, to put something back into the community. Right. So I began to think more about what can I do for others more than mm-hmm. and benefit myself in the process. That was a step. Right. Um, I guess that's, that's super interesting. I actually didn't know all of that. Um, this course that you took, um, I guess, what was, what were the big things that you learned? Cause you said change your life. So what, yes. what were these, um, yeah. let's talk a little bit about that and hopefully you can relay some information that you've learned, um, yeah. to anybody else that's maybe in this situation. So they don't have to, um, you can share your story so people don't yeah. have to wait the 35 years to, exactly. to, um, well, good question. One thing that struck me with this course was, that it was very similar to Dale Carnegie. I had taken an introductory course to Dale Carnegie, but couldn't afford it at the time, and my employer wasn't uh, in agreement to pay for my <laughs> my Dale Carnegie course. And uh, the instructors for this Christopher course were all volunteers. Oh. So um, the cost was quite significantly less. Right. And in that course, it, it is a, a course in leadership and in public speaking, and it has a, a Christian dimension. So it talks about better to light one candle than to curse the darkness. Hmm. And that's, of course, from St. Christopher. Right. That was one of his models. And there wasn't, this was not a conversion episode. <laughs> where you're trying to be converted to Christianity or some other religion. But there was a conversion for me. There was a conversion to believing in myself. And one of the things it taught me was that I can express myself more significantly, more demonstratively, by letting something from the inside come out. Hmm. It helped get the butterflies flying in formation instead of fighting with each other right. inside. So it really helped that fear. Mm-hmm. What kind of um, specific things did they discuss that helped you? Like what, what kind of things? You think letting uh, it out, like what are, you, what are you able to let out, I guess in that uh, sense, to help you get, get yes. there? That's a good one. Every week, it was a 10-week course, every single week before I went, I would feel this 
tension inside my mm -hmm. solar plex in my and I just tense up I almost feel like I want to go to the bathroom get sick and then I get in the door and we start the class and it was so supportive people believed in me people believed in me more than I believed in myself hmm. and that made a difference. Then they started teaching things to be more expressive. For example, they started the evening, each course, with a warm-up. And a warm-up, just like an athlete warms up before an event, our warm-ups were nursery rhymes that we acted out. <laughs> and the whole idea was to get us to express to use our hands, use our body, use the body language. And I found out later that there was a study in UCLA back in the 60s where it was determined that 7% of what we say, the words that we speak, will be uh, significant in getting that message across. 38% will come from the tone, the tone of our voice, how we express it. Hmm. But 55% comes from the body language. You communicate so was, more with your body than so you do with was, your words. That's, and now that study has been questioned down through the years, and they say it's not absolute, it's not 7%, it's not 38 right. it's not 55 But... The significant thing of that is that body language tells more. For example, if I were to sit here and say, I'm absolutely thrilled to be here, Harrison. Or if I say, Harrison, I'm absolutely thrilled to be here. Right. There is a difference. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the things the Course taught was how to express and let ourselves come out and let the true person come out. Hmm. Yeah. Does that have to do with, with people, um, like other people, viewers, um, or just people that you're talking to, uh, like subconsciously having that, um, um, like they're taking in more of your body language than, than what you're saying sometimes? Like is that, is that more, obviously it's more significant, but do you know why? Well, I think it's important because the whole, all three expressions, the words the tone and the body language make up the total message. And if the body language is not consistent, then the audience will look at it and say, well, that's what he's saying, but does he really believe it? Oh, yeah. So I think that is really mm -hmm. where that falls. I think one of the challenges that comes, and we're talking about more so public speaking, but yes. even just conversations and stuff. Oh, totally. But, but um, I guess to take it a little bit of a turn, which I'm sure, again, you had struggles with, um, just day-to-day -day life, when you're not just talking in front of a group of people, or, or um, but you're kind of feeling um, not super, you know, your self-esteem is low, your, uh, your, your confidence is low. Um, do those things you're talking about, like body language and, and things like that, will they help you in just day-to-day -day life, like just how you carry yourself? Um, yeah, I guess what's been your experience with that, or what do you think? Precisely, I 
went on just to go a little further. I went on and took many courses after that, which we may get into, mm -hmm. I don't know, in this interview or if there is another one. <laughs> what I found is that my even standing and walking, standing in front of a mirror and looking at myself and saying words like, I like myself. Mm -hmm. I believe in myself. I'm a good person. These affirmations were significant. Right. And my body then responded accordingly. Okay. So you walk taller. You walk with more confidence. Mm -hmm. You go into a room or you even sit at your desk if you're alone. And you breathe in and you breathe deeper. And that's one of the things that they taught us in this Christopher course was breathing is significant. <laughs> it's significant for life, let's face it. <laughs> we don't breathe, we're in trouble. Right. <laughs> but breathing, not just shallow breathing, where we breathe down here right. into our lungs, but breathe down into our diaphragm. Mm -hmm. And like I learned recently, some singers actually breathe down as if they're breathing into their the back of into their spine right so that you can get more resonance you have more power and it gives mm -hmm. you more confidence when you're speaking so you physically um like you feel more confident not just that you're like you're portraying the body language but your body like your anatomy is is feeling more like you feel more supported right and oh. more more full and um that makes that makes a lot of sense actually so i think you... every cell in your body responds responds sure. to this kind of thing because let's face it everything we know now from quantum physics everything is energy right everything is energy and the energy in our cells the energy in our bodies the energy around us the energy that we create is important and with our thoughts the same same thing so then look at how do i how do i get my thoughts onto a positive path as opposed to looking at myself negatively and saying, well, I'm not good enough. Right. Confidence is, is in that sense, um, a lack of the wrong type of energy. That's true. Right? It is true. Uh, I was going to say a lack of energy, but it's not because it's the, same, it'd be the it's, same amount of energy, but it's just the wrong type. It's the wrong type of energy. And what's the... Now it's easy to, I guess, know know these things. Like this is, you know, what you need to do to to change it, or you know, I need to put in the wrong, the right type of energy or the right thoughts and things. But how do you how do you make that switch? If you want to do it, like you said, you want to do it, but it's hard to take that, you know, first step to try to start thinking like that, or or um, to get into focusing on these things, even though you know them, to actually put them into action. How did you find it? Um, what what made you kind of take that step or take that leap into, into just going for it? Because I'm sure you were scared to start, you know, doing these things. It is important, I believe, to have a certain amount of, not necessarily fear, but stress or anxiety about doing something so that our bodies start to say, oh, something's coming. There's a change coming. Mm -hmm. There's a change coming. Is it a change for good or is it a change right. for something that's negative? 
And what it does, it, it helps us get focused on what we want as opposed to accepting the way things are the way we don't want it to be. Hmm. So I like the idea of having a certain amount of stress. Now, how do you change that amount of stress? Because it goes from, from, because I agree a hundred percent, like, especially with, you know, as a, being a musician, yes. um, you don't want to be, uh, completely like no, no adrenaline or butterflies no. or anything because it's actually right. going to impact your performance. You want a little bit of it because it, it shows that you care, right? And it, it makes your, Absolutely. And, and you put in that energy. But if you have too much, then it can be like debilitating. Like you don't want to do So what's the shift? You know what I mean? Like from having too much of this fear to just, just the right amount. It's recognizing that fear is created in our minds. Hmm. It's created in our minds, and if we take the word fear, F-E-A-R, as an acronym, let's look at it this way. Fantasized experiences appearing real. <laughs> Fantasized experiences That's wonderful. appearing real. So it's in our mind. It's a mindset change. We have to change our minds and say, I don't want to continue doing what I'm doing because as Einstein pointed out very clearly, if we continue to do what we've always done, <laughs> yeah. uh, you can't expect different results. Yeah. So it's important to have that desire, here we go with desire again, mm-hmm. to focus on what we really want and realize that I'm creating the fear. There is nobody out there creating fear. I think that's a big thing. Nobody can make you feel inferior, as mm-hmm. I think Eleanor Roosevelt said. Nobody can make you feel inferior without your permission. Hmm. And, um, yeah. Yeah. Wow. The, uh, the, the fear thing is a, is a big thing because I think, well, especially in the times, you know, that we're living. Actually, I was just, I was just listening to another podcast yesterday about this and and they're talking about fear um and and that like the fear like you're saying like the fear comes from within and i think a lot of people just in general like to put things you know put the onus on somebody else or something else so it's not their their deal and and it's very easy to especially right now to be scared of you know the virus going on and all of this stuff but but there's no uh, like like this virus going around doesn't doesn't have um uh, like its own, like fear generating. Like it's not. It's not meant to do that. You're. You're. You've. We've put this thing on it that it's scary. We've decided. But there's actually like far more scary things out there. Like like the. Uh, I I um just learned that like the regular flu kills yes. more people than this virus does. Yeah. But we're not scared of the regular flu. The same flu no. to the same extent. Um, it's because we've decided that this is scary. Um, and and that I think that's a big shift, especially even even for me in my life figuring or determining that, you know, the fear isn't something that's just innate in no. something. You you label it and you put that's it right. in, in yourself. Yeah. And that can, I think that probably can be a big shift. Like I'm sure once you kind of realized um, or started to realize that you were putting this fear into yourself that nobody else was. That's so true. Yeah. That's so true. But you're you're leading into a very significant area. And that is, what about all the information that's coming at us? coming in from the media, from people in authority, whether it's government, health, 
or other areas. And we are being told there are certain things that we must do seriously for our own good health and our safety. Right. So we, we can't just throw it all out. For sure. Throw out the baby with the bath wash. However, how we respond to it is our choice. That's right. That's our choice. It's taking that information and, and making a conscious choice yes. about it. Or, or doing something about analyzing it. Analyzing it, I guess, in a, in a way, yes. instead of just passively accepting that that's the truth. Well, that's so true because then we get into the wonderful thing about our brain. Mm-hmm. Our brain is, div- is divided. We have the, what they call the cerebral cortex. Mm-hmm. Left brain, right brain. Left hemisphere, right hemisphere. And the left hemisphere, of course, is the linear, what we call the linear side, the thinking side. Mm-hmm. And the right brain is the creative side. Your music would probably come from right. <laughs> the right brain, the creative side. Well, okay, so we've got these two sides, and we're getting this information. Well, there's a connection between the two that I didn't realize for many years. There's a little fibrous band of nerves in the shape of a C that ties both left and right hemispheres together. Mm. And uh, it is really the significant thing that helps us in responding to all this information that's coming in. Yeah. It's very interesting because there was a study done back in the 1960s in Bulgaria by a Dr. Lazanov. And he found out that there are four levels that the brain operates at, four Mm -hmm. levels of frequencies. The beta, the first one, which is when we're wide awake, operates at, I think it's 14 cycles per second. Mm -hmm. And then there's the alpha, which operates from 8 to to 13, somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. And then the uh, theta, which operates from 5 to 7 cycles per second. I believe that's what it Something is. Something like that, yeah. And then uh, from a half a cycle to 4 is 4 cycles per second is the delta. And that's when we're sound asleep. Well, what he found was that the alpha, which is relaxation, when we're in a relaxed Mm -hmm. state, and the theta, where we're just about ready to fall asleep, those two areas, if we play music, especially classical music, and get ourselves into that state, that our learning and our thinking changes. And, Why is that? And that that because we are not influenced as much by what's going on when we're awake, we're more influenced to all this information that's coming in from various sources. Mm. You're so, more open. And we're more we become more receptive to believing and and actually programming our own minds to believe in ourselves. So it comes right back to some of the earlier questions you asked. Right. So 
I was fascinated by that because that in itself helped me in moving from this sense of gripping fear to being more confident, to being more self-assured. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, we talked about, you talked about something about um, looking in the mirror and the mm. things you're saying to yourself, which yes. is very interesting to me. And I've, I've, I've been doing some research on it in the past bit, um, which we've discussed previously, um, actually just earlier, about um, self-talk. Yes. And um, even your thoughts, um, how they can change, well, your reality, but they can actually take it like on a, on a like, uh, um, level with your anatomy. Like it can actually it change things in your brain chemically by just what you're thinking. Um, and that's a big thing that I think a lot of people don't know. I believe that. I 100% believe that. Believe uh, when you that. believe something, well, you were just telling me that story that, but when you, when you believe something or, or, um, the things that you say that you subconsciously don't realize that you're saying, um, I heard about that somebody was saying, well, the, the, um, the sole purpose of our brain yes. is to keep us alive. Yes. Right. At, at, at a really simple level. Yes. It's here to keep us alive. Right. So, so when you talk, you're talking and saying things to yourself like, um, Oh, like I hate this job. This job is killing me. Right. Something that people say. Yes. They don't actually mean it. Like they're not going to no. die from the job, but they're saying those things to themselves. So their brain starts to believe it. And your brain, like I said, is meant to keep you alive. So your brain goes, Oh, this yes. job's going to kill me. That's so true. in the next two weeks, you're going to get sick. Your, your brain makes you sick. So you can't go to work because it knows, um, from the past that when you're sick, you can't go to work. So it's trying to protect you. Um, so it's making these things that you don't even realize are happening. And I learned this, um, I don't remember who it was from specifically, but they were, they were like a master in kind of self-talk and, and they were saying that this is, you know, it's been proven. Um, so those things that you, like you're saying, like just even, even saying that, you know, I like myself. Hey everybody. I hope you're enjoying the podcast this far. Um, I hope you're learning something. I know I did. Um, but I just quickly wanted to interrupt and let you know that this is indeed the first episode and we had a little bit of a technical difficulty. The, uh, the camera that we were using shut off. <laughs> um, and, and it happened to be connected to the microphones that we were using, um, which is a mistake I will not make again. But, um, so if you're watching the podcast, uh, there will be no more video for the remainder of the chat. And if you're just listening, I just want to let you know that the uh, audio will be a little bit different. Um, and I hope that's not too much of a bother. Um, but I, I don't think it's it's a big deal because, you know, the main focus of this is um, the content, the information. So uh, I just wanted to quickly hop in and say that. And uh, yeah, let's finish it off. The truth about it is that cycle of the mind mm-hmm. makes some of the body sick. So if we're thinking about something that's negative and that's dragging us down, like you mentioned, the the job. I hate my job. Well, the subconscious mind accepts that and it records, hate my job, hate my job, hate my job. So then the body starts responding to this because the brain sends that message down and the body responds accordingly and... uh, and yeah, you wake up one morning and I don't feel well. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't I just don't feel well. It's interesting. I remember being with an individual one time, and he was talking about how you could actually influence another individual if you came into the office and you said to an individual, 
Gee, you don't look too well today. And if that person is not confident, they may say, well, I didn't sleep all that well last night. Now they're telling themselves that. Now they're telling themselves. Now they start believing. Yeah, well, I did wake up a few times. Huh. And I had this, so yeah, well, I, I wondered because I just came in and, and just, you know, it looks like you're not, you're not yourself. Right. You look, which is not a very good thing to do to somebody. No. But this chap was saying he was, he had taken some courses in mind control. Oh, that's a whole, that's another area. That's a whole different, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, so we start to believe in our subconscious and then the subconscious feeds back to us sure. this information and it's it's constantly makes, playing makes it a reality exactly that's interesting i've never thought about that specifically but i've definitely had that happen with somebody to say oh like oh you look tired you look whatever and then and i didn't feel like that no i didn't think that i was no but as soon as they said it i did <laughs> right yeah because you start to believe it um wow so that's it's definitely an important thing Especially in regards to what we're talking about confidence here. Oh, exactly. Uh, lots yes. of that stuff is self-talk. Yes. And and in in the big picture, you're the only one that can change that, right? Yes. Which can be a challenging thing too. Well, it's it's so true. And if we look at self-image, self self-confidence, mm -hmm. uh, self-concept. Well, self-image, self esteem is how we look at ourselves right. how, how we you know how much do we like ourselves mm -hmm. well if we're struggling we may not like ourselves very much right. now self-concept is how much we believe in ourselves mm -hmm. so if we believe in ourselves strongly enough then we that's a foundation to build your success right so you've got self-esteem Self-image, self-concept. Build those up and do them by doing the affirmations, the self-affirmations. Mm -hmm. it's, it's good. I've done this. You take a, a self-affirmation like, I like myself. Mm -hmm. I like myself. I really like myself. I'm a good person. And you say that three or four times. But record it and play it back. And hearing your own voice can increase the, the influence of that by mm. up to 80, really? 80 to 85 percent. Hearing it, hearing the words can increase it, can give you a significant boost. Mm. And how often uh, do you do that? How often do you do that? <laughs> well, of course, it's difficult. I remember taking one course and the chap said, 21 days, and we hear it, you hear it on podcasts, you read it in books. 21 days to form the habit. To form the new habit. Right. And you say, well, why 21 days? Well, this one person said, if you take a chicken, chicken will lay an egg and sit on that egg for 21 days. The chicken's brain is about the size of a pea. The human brain is about, the average adult is about three pounds. I don't know what that is in kilos. Yeah. Or but anyway, about three pounds. So they say, if a chicken with a brain that size can sit confidently on an egg and hatch it in 21 days, surely a human 
can do the same habit, whatever it is, not sitting on the egg, of course. And after 21 days, you will have developed this new pattern of performance, pattern of activity, pattern of desire, pattern of habit. That's right, all it is is a pattern. It's a pattern. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> it's quite, it's quite astounding to me. Um, you, uh, we, we've talked about some, some specific things, but, um, people that are really having a hard time. And you said, you said, once you went to that room with, with the people that, you said, look, these are strangers that had support for it. You know, strangers that believed in you. Yes. There's a lot of, everybody's got a different situation, but there's some people that can't put themselves in a situation like that. That's true. How do you, how do you get that, that feeling of support? How do you find that support? If, if you can't, you know, you're not fortunate enough to either have it around you or, or to be able to go to a place like you're talking about, um, what, what do you think you can do to get that support or, or to start supporting yourself, knowing that others do believe in you? I think it's important to, to do, in a sense, a self-inventory. Mm -hmm. And you write down, what do you like about yourself? And what do you dislike about yourself? And it'll be interesting to look at those two lists, likes and dislikes. And if you have, hopefully you've got a friend or you've got somebody and you ask them to write down, what are the things that you like about me? chances are you will be surprised hmm. because the very things that you dislike may be something that somebody likes right. or they don't even see it. It is, that's your blind right. sight. That's right. your scatoma. <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy. Um, yeah, that's a, that's a really good thing because I think there's a lot of things that we just put into our own, like we're saying, just put into your own mind, right? Like, oh. like that fear that we are just creating. Um, ourselves, which, which, um, I guess checking in with somebody else. Yeah. Can, yeah. Um, here's one thing. I used to think that my work, my organized work organization mm -hmm. was going to look after me. I, it was that big brother mentality right. that I will be taken care of somebody. Mm -hmm. Well, as I got into my adult life, I realized that I don't see a lot of people out there taking care of me for the needs that are deep within me. Right. A lot of things are being taken care of. A lot of people, they like you, they trust you, they have a relationship with you, and so on. But there is no big brother coming along to save you from your own fears. Right. And then I learned that if it's to be, it's up to me. Right. If it's to be, it's up to me. If it's to be, it's up to you for you, what you want. Mm -hmm. So from that, I thought, well, I, I must be responsible then for my own well-being, mm -hmm. my own self-confidence right my own so i have to take charge i have to take ownership and get away from 
negative talking, negative thoughts, and get away from negative people. And this may sound harsh, but sometimes you have to drop some of the people around you if they're quite negative. Mm -hmm. Because that energy tends to influence. And if you start buying into it, you get drawn in like a leaf going down the river. Sure. And there's a little eddy on the side and the leaf gets drawn in. And you're, mm -hmm. you're in that current and you're going nowhere. That's right. Well, you're the average of the people around you. Certainly. Right? Um, the specific quote that comes to mind is um, not saying you should necessarily have a circle, but but you're, uh, if you look around you um, and aren't inspired around by the people in your circle, you don't have a circle, you have a cage. That's right. That's so true. That's a good... It's, good a, very, it's a very, very good thing because um, you don't think about it like that. The people, you know, it's a big thing. Um, like you're saying, there's not... The big shift, I think, for some people is realizing that you can't wait around for somebody else to do something no. for you. No, and that's, that's a big shift, which I've realized as well, that like, yeah, you, you do spend a lot of your time just waiting for, you know, something will happen because somebody's going to do something about it. Yes. But you got to take that, you know, take that responsibility. But having people around you that have the same visions and the same yes. goals and, and, you know, the same intentions for things that they want to work on, um, Maybe you're in a situation like this where you're not feeling super confident, um, but you've got, and you've got, oh, I guess it could be two things. It could, you could be around people who also aren't confident, but don't want to do anything about it. Right. Or you could be around people that aren't confident, but want to do something and grow with you so you can push each other. Yes. Or you could be around people who are, you know, very confident and they're going to raise you up to that. Like I said, you're an average, yeah, average of the people around you. So if all the yes. people around you are extremely confident and, and self-assured and things like that, but you're not, you're spending some time with them, it's going to dramatically increase. That is that's so true. Yeah. It, it's so true. It's, it's important, I think, on this journey of self-improvement because if you don't adopt a lifelong learning acceptance, what happens is we continue along doing what we've always done right. and eventually we die and probably missed out on many great opportunities. And uh, there's a saying, an old saying, uh, I can't remember if it's Mark Twain or, or uh, William James who said it, but most people go to the grave with their music still in them. A sad oh, thing. Wow. A real sad thing. It is. And uh, now, that's of course figuratively speaking. Right. Because I, you're a musician. I'm not. <laughs> but uh, but really, it it's important to get around positive people. Mm -hmm. And as you say, they will build you up. And I remember uh, a number of times I've started groups, and uh, they're my mastermind groups that comes out of Napoleon Hill's book. Mm -hmm. Um, and he says, get a mastermind group. And these are people who are, they have an interest in improving themselves, but they want to draw on the expertise of another person. Right. So you've got somebody with a musical background, somebody who's maybe in accounting, somebody else who's in um, 
a different area and it may be construction and whatnot. But all these people, if they're creative and they're working on building up themselves, they can add something to help each one of us. Mm -hmm. So that's important too, for sure. It's not just one specific, um, I guess you can tailor things for one specific thing if you're going towards a certain goal, but but just being open and to to a broad number of people and ideas and things can definitely help you um, change your mind. What's one, um, before we kind of, I think, wrap this up, what's one, if somebody can take away one thing from this, and they're, and they're struggling, and they want to improve their confidence, um, even if you're not struggling, but you just want to improve your self-confidence, what's, what's the one thing that you would suggest out of all of this? What's, what's the one big piece of advice out of things that you've learned? Things that I've Where can you start? We have to start with ourselves. And we must get on a road of success by believing that we were created good enough. Mm-hmm. We were created good enough. But somewhere along the way, we've lost our way. Mm-hmm. We've lost our way. So we need to find the path back. Believe in yourself. Until we believe in ourselves, it's very difficult to get on that road to success. Mm -hmm. We're struggling in the ruts. Right. And as they say, a rut is a grave with the ends kicked out. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So it's very important to believe in yourself. And until I started to really, truly believe and trust that I had the ability to do something, Maybe I didn't have the skill yet, but I had the ability. Everybody has the ability. And yeah. everybody does. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and for heaven's sake, this is probably the best bit of advice, is to always have a positive mental attitude, a PMA. You can teach somebody skills, but you can't teach them attitude. Mm-hmm. I've seen it in the workplace. I've seen it with myself. And when I change my attitude, I change my life. Yeah. Well, there's, there's the, also the quote um, or, the, or the, the, the thing that um, you, can, um, you can't teach somebody anything. You can only like, teach them to learn it from within. Yeah. Um, the same thing like that. Same type of attitude. Like you can't, you can't teach somebody. No. To have a certain type of attitude, they have to, no. you know, like I said, make that decision. You can't hold somebody else accountable. The attitude is the gold nugget of success. Hmm. There you go. I think so. It's, it's as simple as that. For sure. It's the gold nugget. Now, do you want to dig for it? Right. And you won't find it out there, and you won't find it out there, but you will find it in here. There you go. Wow. Well, I think that's a wonderful, <laughs> wonderful spot to stop for today. I really appreciate yeah. having this conversation. I hope uh, the people that do give us a listen can can benefit from this. Sure, it's helped me just learn learn some things. Well, I appreciate it. It's a, it's a wonderful opportunity to to share, and uh, I learned from you too. 
That's, so that's we're right. all in learning. That's it. So adopt a, a, an attitude of lifelong learning. Mm-hmm. And I'm 76 years old. And I hope to live for many years yet. Mm-hmm. And I will be learning every single day that that's I have it. left on this earth. Hey, everybody. Thanks so much for making it this far uh, and listening to this episode. Uh, it's just, like I said before, super exciting to me uh, to be starting this journey with you and, and to be able to share some of these conversations that I'm getting to have um, and and maybe spark some discussion in your life and, and maybe, you know, you got some things to think about now or, or things that, you know, maybe you want to look into a little more. And that's really what this is all about. And I, and I hope that um, you benefited from this as much as I did. Um, and Really, that's what it's all about. We're just talking about life and and growing together. So, uh, like I said, I'm just I'm very grateful. Thank you for listening. Uh, there will be more soon. And uh, if you are uh, interested, you can always you know check out more stuff at our website. And um, hopefully, we'll be back right away uh, in the next mm, week, week two. I don't know something like that. And uh, with some more more stuff to talk about, um, more talks about life. So. Uh, in the meantime, have a, have a great rest of your day, whatever uh, you may be doing. And uh, just remember to keep loving life and we'll chat with you later. If you're interested in more content like this, go check out our website at don'tsettleofficial.ca. We're dedicated to providing resources, information, and content designed to assist you on your journey of personal growth. And most of all, to help you live life to the fullest. Thanks so much for tuning in. We'll chat with you next time.